Greetings. Here we go. It's time for a simmer and Gabby. Yes, indeedy. What a weekend. The National Hockey League season about to kick off. Gabby, how the heck are you? Are you ready to go? I'm good. It's been too long. I mean, I, preseason is too long. Let's get this thing started. It's uh, I feel like uh, NFL players do where they don't want the games anymore. They just want to start. And, uh, you know, when you're not behind the bench where you like uh, not only to be, but you like the preparation that training camp comes with. Uh, you just want to see the thing starting for real. Yeah. A lot of guys are saying, forget the eight games. Let's just keep it at six or less. I'm assuming you agree. I do, but I also understand the fact that uh, it's money. And I mean, they say it now, but when the cap would only go up, you know, by 1 million, um, the players are going, oh man, we want it going up more. So the revenue the in in the summer they wish they played more because it was more revenue but when it gets down to it they don't want to play at all and by the way like it's most of the time only two or three or the veterans only want to play two or three games they don't want to play any more than that and so it's really a showcase for a lot of free agents american league guys and junior guys that are coming up yeah all right, you can find us uh, on Spotify and all that good stuff on on the U our YouTube channel at Simmerpuck and also, of course, on VancouverHockeyInsider.com. Gabby, I'm starting the clock because this week we're going 25 minutes. We like to keep it snappy. We like to keep it efficient. And in honor of 25 minutes, we get to each pick a number 25. You go first. I picked, uh, when you first mentioned it, I picked Orland Curtinback. Um uh, well, he was the first Canucks captain, but I remember him more as a Leaf, as a third-line center for the Leafs when they were in their glory days and their heydays. And and uh, and I remember him as being the best fighter in the NHL at the time. And uh, that was my big thing. If Curtinback got into a fight and, and you know, he was going to win, he was – he was pretty deadly with the fist, but that's but I remember him as a tall, lanky centerman uh, that played. But uh, when you when we talked about it and you said he was third, he was the Canucks first captain. I can see him being a leader as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Joe Newendike because he's a multi cup winner with different teams. And I don't know if it was you or someone else that mentioned me this week that Lanny McDonald always brings up his huge goal with Calgary in the final. If it wasn't for the pass from Joe Newendike, he's not the hero. So. Uh, and just a class act. I remember being at Gretzky's restaurant in Toronto, not necessarily expecting him to be there for an interview because we'd kind of talked and emailed and texted and kind of left it alone for two or three weeks. And suddenly Joe Newendike walks through the door. And he's like, hey, I'm here. I'm here to do that interview we talked about three weeks ago. So just a super cool guy. Another great number 25. Now, just before we get into all the injuries that are going on and the waivers for the current Vancouver Canucks, if we're going to go back a little bit in time, how about Stan Smeal, uh, a guy that after 45 years with the Canucks organization is moving over to uh, kind of become a business and community ambassador. And number 12, obviously, maybe the greatest there. Well, yeah, I hope they have a real special night for him at some point. Uh, uh, he was by far the most special guy that I had met um, in Vancouver as far as management and and personable people. I mean, uh, and more than that, I remember when when him and I um, were both like I was being introduced to the team and Stan went in first and did a, a passionate speech and you could tell it was from the heart. And I think it resonated with the players more than anything I had to say. And uh, but you could tell that he bled Canuck colors and that he was a proud Canuck and 
Um, and, and I, I can't say enough good things for him when things weren't going as, as well as I would have liked them to go for me. He was the guy I could talk to. He was the guy that had a common sense uh, approach to things. And um, I, I really appreciated the time I had for him uh, with him. So I hope uh, I, I wish him the best. I hope uh, if this was his decision that uh, uh, he surely enjoys the rest of his time doing what he wants to do yep they called him steamer and of course new westminster bruins he won two memorial cups i think he was involved in more than the two that he won but uh a very successful junior player and a madman and i i passed along the story on vancouver hockey this week when i wrote about it my very very first game ever on a press credential in the national hockey league was november 1st 1981 10 bucks under the table to get sound and it was the Vancouver Canucks at the Detroit Red Wings. The Wings won three to one, but Smeal had a fight, a roughing minor, a slashing minor, and an assist. Uh, and I was, I just remember, I knew so much, I was so into hockey then as I am now. And I remember thinking, who the hell is this guy? Because I, I didn't know much about the Canucks in 1981, but he definitely stood out. And that pretty much summarized the guy's whole career. Yeah, he was never ending work. And uh, I know he lost one Memorial Cup to the Marlies, just to, had to throw that out because. <laughs> Uh, I remember that very well. Because <laughs> you were on it? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. Um, all right, let's get into this. Uh, man, I don't know if it's bad karma or what's going on, but uh, some changes along the blue line. Today at practice, the uh, Canucks had a Sunday skate. First of all, Carson Soucy apparently week to week after getting injured late second period, he got his leg, knee, ankle twisted under Sharon Povich of the Calgary Flames. And the brand new D-man who comes over from the Seattle Kraken. Great guy. I enjoyed talking to him during the informals in September up in BC. Uh, he's out. He's out week to week. So it's a blow to that blue line that doesn't need blows. Yeah, no, he's he's a guy I really liked. And, and when I was there, uh, any chance I had to talk about good things about Carson, I would say because I he started with me in Minnesota. Yep. And uh, um, he was just a young kid. Actually, his first five games, I think, were all playoff games uh, against Winnipeg the one year. And then he played for us the next year. And I thought he had a great future. And he's big and he's strong. And he's something that the Canucks could really use. And it's unfortunate. I hope his injury isn't uh, isn't too long term. Um, but he will be missed on the blue line. Uh, and he's a guy, they, they've had this continuous struggle. Of course, you had Luke Shen next to Quinn Hughes for a while. It was kind of his enforcer. He kind of protected him uh, and put up big minutes and all that. But generally speaking, that right side has been a has been a sore spot now with the Canucks for a little while here. And Susie was, even though he's a lefty, was supposed to maybe slide over and play some time on the right and make it maybe a, a by-committee partnership for Quinn Hughes so it's just another blow for trying to figure out what's going on at the first pair yeah well I mean I don't know I, I don't know if by committee ever works you grab somebody and you uh you stick with it until it doesn't work anymore I mean uh Luke Shen was perfect for Quinn um he he would let Quinn do what he wanted to do he would protect him and the thing with with Luke was he was so good at uh just making that first easy play every simple play you could make it, it would be Luke would make it then so it wasn't a question of him trying to compete and get up the ice with um with Quinn or anything else so it's, I thought it was a really good partnership at the point at that time 
Let's talk about a couple of the moves. Uh, Christian Wolanin uh, gets waived and sent down. This is a guy who's kind of bubble AHL, NHL, maybe moves the pucks, but not a very physical guy. Yeah, I think like when they got him last year, he was uh, an AHL all-star or the defenseman of the year. Um, and and he was averaging like a point a game offensively. But I mean, that doesn't usually generate to uh, getting to the NHL and having that same kind of success. And um, I mean, I obviously I wasn't, they didn't call him up uh, too often. I think a game or two when I was there. So I don't really know a lot about him. I mean, he, he was good in training camp, but they got him as a depth player. So obviously they think their defense is, is excuse me, much better. And he goes back to being a depth player that they can use uh, whenever whenever they call him up. If he clears waivers, who knows? I mean, he might have had a good, a good enough second half last year that some team out there is in the same boat with injuries. And uh, um, they need a guy right now, and he might be a guy that they look at. Uh, Teddy Bluger also left practice early today, so more issues potentially with the bottom six. Jack Studnika apparently was waived. So that's another player that's going down. Um, you know, we're well aware of Elias Pettersson's talent, JT Miller, all the qualities he brings to the table, Andre Kuzmenko, what he turned out to be or potentially could continue to be. But the bottom six has just been, it hasn't helped there. When I we use Seattle example, depth scoring, balance, just roll lines. It's something the Canucks have had a hard time doing. Sometimes it's injuries, or sometimes just a lack of consistency. Yeah, well, I mean, the bottom six, there's a lot of movement in a lot of the players. And uh, um, so, I mean, the the one thing you have to do is you have to have a reliable at least three that you can – so you can play nine players at a time, I believe. You know, like, I mean, you can't just be switching it around every every day. And um, not that they're doing that, but, I mean, if they run in, keep running into injuries, they're still experimenting and – in, in my estimation and hopefully at some point they can they can find a line like I mean I was lucky in the, my first year there that we found a line of uh, Tyler Mott and Lamico and um, Matthew Highmore and I mean they just clicked and they played together really well and they became a really good third fourth line com combination whatever you want to call it and but they had great chemistry and i think sometimes you find great chemistry just by experimenting and you might not get you you might not know where it's going to end going to you're going to find it but you end up finding it yeah mott was tell me a little bit about the scouting report up for mott at that stage of his career i mean you were pretty happy plugging him into that role oh i liked him i think there's a lot of teams that liked him um Unfortunately, I think at that point that uh, Tyler thought he was worth more on the open market. He was uh, on his last year of his deal, and I think he was expecting um, X amount of money, and the Canucks were only willing to pay X amount of money. And and when they couldn't, when they reached an impasse that neither one was going to blink, that that's when they traded him to the Rangers and subsequently signed with the uh, with Ottawa. Traded back to the Rangers, and uh, I forget where he is this year, um, but I know he's down in the east somewhere. It might be Tampa or something, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he's he might be in Florida. I got to double check that. I do remember the his name popping back up. Um, part of this also is just management kind of 
making a decision as well, isn't it? Like everybody getting on the same page as who they like or who they want, because that maybe factors into the, or often factors into the consistency factor, does it not? It's like on the same page. Yeah, I, well, I, I I think you have to be on the same page. I mean, I don't think it's management can be making this decision by itself. I mean, you've got to ask uh, Rick who he feels comfortable playing in in that position, and if, and I have no idea, obviously. But if he had, if he felt comfortable playing X player all the time, even though that guy was somebody that the upper management didn't like then they would have to have a conversation to see if you can convince them to keep that guy over somebody else. Hey, is it true? Somebody brought this up to me this week that um, it's just kind of a random theory that bad habits, like habits uh, determine success for a certain, I'm a, it's kind of an abstract thought here in terms of the percentage of effectiveness for players and that bad habits, just simple things like not keeping your stick on the ice, any form of bad habit can cost a player five, 10, 15 points in a season. Is that crazy talk? No. I mean, we talk about habits all the time is getting into good habits, whether you have success with them on an individual basis at time. But I mean, habits are, you create good habits and you create bad habits. I mean, uh, a, a bad habit would be uh, not, not coming back, back checking through there or tracking whatever word you want to call it back through the middle. Just coming back, bad habit would be coasting to the bench on a line change rather than getting hard to the to the line change. Those are habits you want to that other teams see, and other teams uh, react to them. I know with me, like I would show it every now and again on the video. This is when we're playing well. This is what we're doing, and you can see and using line changes as an example of coming off hard and going on hard, and then when you're not having success. And you're all way at the other end and you stop skating and you're just waving your stick that you're coming over. It's just a bad body language. It's a terrible habit. And it's a, it's a habit you try to get keep people from getting into. Or if they're into it, you kind of break it. There's always been a player on the Canucks that I tried to break that habit. And it's it's tough to get through to them sometimes. That would be online changes? Online changes, Are yeah. These? Yeah, like this, and then coast, put your head down, or even changing at the wrong time. Like, I mean, for example, changing when you're the third guy high or something, and, and they're coming back and you just decide to change, rather than, um, uh, you know, changing when we get the puck out and you get to dump it in and getting five guys on there in a good uh, position defensively, rather than and having a, a cluster of of guys coming off when you shouldn't be coming off. Yeah. It was actually a scout scout who raised this topic with me or got into this conversation with me about the bad habits because he obviously concerned about his players having good habits. The, the one that always leaps out to me first is, is small, but it's stopping on pucks. So yeah. it's stopping, going instead of circling. Doing the skate. Doing I the mean, skate. A habit of of going to the net and stopping at the net too, instead of doing flybys, because that's where you you don't score goals. I mean, we do drills all the time of going to the net and making sure guys stop because if so many all the pucks, if there's a rebound, it's usually going to be in front of the net. I mean, and the guys do the big swing behind the net. It used to drive me crazy. I tell you, that's um, uh, one of the things that. I would say coaches pull their hair out, but I got none left anyway. So 
What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Pacific Division and switch gears, just go a little broader topic here, because obviously, I don't know, the the, the injury bug here right now with, with Vancouver, Mikheyev has been injured again. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw a headline on a story I wrote maybe about 14 months ago. He He left the game during your preseason. After first preseason, first or second preseason game, yeah, um, is when uh, he had come over and his knee wasn't really good. Like I mean, he'd played on it the year before and he was fine with it. And and I just I remember the the I think it was a little hit at the blue line uh, against Seattle, I think. And uh, he came off, and then it was one of those things where he had a partially torn ACL from the past. And they, uh, uh, but they deemed that it was okay to play. He felt strong. And to be honest, like, I mean, you watch him in the gym and everything, it was really strong. But he, like, I remember talking to Milstein in um, San Jose and, and saying that, you know, like, I mean, he's given it everything he's got. I really like him. He's a really good player, but he's only going at about 75%. He can't. He didn't have that burst of speed that you saw when he was with the Leafs yeah. uh, and which made him such an effective penalty killer. And so I think it was at about around that time that they knew that they were going to um, shut him down come the all-star break. And uh, just so he'd be ready for this year, evidently it's taken a little longer than he thought it would be. Um, but they shut him down as soon as they shut me down pretty well. <laughs> By the way, Milstein, Dan Milstein being the agent for McCav and also the agent for Andre Kuzmenko. Um, by the way, the Canucks today, and I we started that fourth line conversation initially, and I guess the whole impetus for that, which I didn't even bring up, was that they traded for Sam Lafferty today. So they brought a guy from Pittsburgh who Jimmy would have been familiar with, and that was for a fifth rounder in this upcoming draft so Lafferty I guess right shot center they're just trying to add depth and solve some problems well I mean I think if they're if they're sending Stadnika down um they're thinking that Lafferty could probably take his spot um I know they liked him when he was in Pittsburgh because I know his name had come up before but uh they definitely both Patrick and Jimmy had seen him before so they know all about him Listed as a center, but you saying you're saying he's more of a right wing. I, I think they played him on right wing a lot. I, this is memory memory serves um, in Toronto and in Pittsburgh. I don't know much uh, when he went was traded to Chicago where they played him all that much, but uh, I know he could skate. I know at one point they had told me he's he's a really good skater. He's big. He's got a good shot. So we'll see how that works out. All right, Pacific Division has teased. Um, I'm putting the Canucks and the Kraken kind of on that bubble. I think Calgary's going to have a bounce back year. Vegas is Vegas. Even if they have a little hangover, they'll they'll come around. And then Edmonton, I think every year everybody says, oh, Oilers are finally going to win it. So they're going to be determined. 97 is going to make sure they're determined. What are your thought about the top three, top five? Well, first of all, Edmonton's like the Leafs. I mean, every year they're supposed to win the cup. Right. Um, you know, but to me, uh, until their defense improves and until they can play a four line league, I mean, I haven't seen a team win the cup since I've been around that only use three lines all the time. 
I mean, you, you've got to use everybody on your team. And, and, and I've said this earlier to somebody that, I mean, if McDavid gets down to playing 21, 22 minutes and dry cycle, 21, 22 minutes, and they're, they're more complete of a team like that, then I think they've got a really good chance. Um, because the, those two guys are two of the top five players in the world. If they're goaltending, if, um, you know, uh, pans out again like Jack Campbell had a bad year last year but a good training camp this year and I mean Stuart Skinner I mean I've seen an awful lot of guys have um sophomore slumps and especially when you come in as a rookie your hometown is Edmonton so I mean the and the big difference why they have sophomore slumps is the first year all they do is train they've got no money they you know I mean they're not famous all of those things now he's famous now he's from Edmonton he's got more friends he's got more business associates and usually you don't work quite as hard as you did the previous year and you get into sophomore stuff i don't know that he did any of that i mean but that's that's one of the reasons people do have sophomore slumps but edmonton's going to be up there i mean um you didn't have uh la in and i think la's always been one of the tougher teams in the league to play against i mean kopitar and dowdy are getting older i get it but uh, they do, you know, with the addition of uh, Dubois and they still uh, have Deneau as their third line center. I think their depth down the middle is really good. Um, I, and, you know, I think they play Anaheim five times. So, I mean, and San Jose four times. So, I mean, the, there should be nine wins <laughs> right there. But yeah. um, uh, I think that I think they'll be in the mix. I think what's going to happen, I think Vancouver and is going to be fighting for that fifth uh, playoff spot in the in the Pacific, and it, and it's really funny, you know, because uh, three years ago the Pacific was uh, called the Weak Sisters. Now they've got uh, now they're one of the best divisions in the NHL. I mean, I think they have six teams fi- fighting for four or five playoff positions, and with Vancouver and Calgary being two of them. Yep. Seattle's pretty relentless. I mean, I'm I'm not sure, you know, a couple of the Morgan Geekies and the Ryan Donatos move on. They bring in P, uh, Pierre Edward Belmar. By the way, he's getting up there in age. Um, yeah. Face-off guy and a penalty-killing guy. Have you ever, you have much of an opinion on Pierre Edward? Just a hard worker, and every team seems to like him when he gets there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, I, the one thing about Seattle is they're not going to creep up on anybody this year. That was last year, I think the first 20 games, they might have creeped up on a few teams, not thinking they were much good. We had an idea right off the bat uh, in Van because they beat us in um, the first preseason game in overtime. And then in the second game, they beat us soundly where I don't know if we touched the puck. Uh, so we knew what they were. They We knew that they were relentless. They'll be in your face and, and all of that. And if they can get better goaltending this year. I think they should be still a, a playoff team for the, this year. Uh, I mean, they, they relied a lot on um, Martin Jones last year yeah. and uh, he played a little bit over his head for what you were thinking that he would be. Uh, and this year, and I, I think, I think they should be, if their goaltending is better, I think they will be just as good or better than they were last year. Yeah, and Joey Decord just beat out Chris Drieger for the backup spot. So it's uh, yeah. Philip Grubauer and Joey Decord. And Marty Jones, by the way, I did an interview with him 
chatted with him on the phone, I don't know, about a month ago after he moved on. And so he's kind of an emergency backup at this point for, for Toronto. I mean, he's not plugged in as he's not going to do what he did in Seattle unless somebody gets hurt. Right. That I don't know what Tampa's goaltending is still all about, you know, and they might need somebody as a stopgap if they don't believe that Johansson and their backup can do the job for the first eight to 10 weeks of the season. Yeah. By the way, you're right. Tyler Mott was Tampa. We were correct. It was the sunshine state for him. Um, and the rest of the waiver wire, I haven't, haven't checked. Although we do know for the Canucks, as we mentioned off the top, Stunnika and Will Lannan are the couple of the guys that uh, have moved down. Speaking of goaltending, I think a lot of people are expecting Markstrom to have a, a big bounce back in Calgary. Well, you know what? I mean, I don't know how many years he's played, but in the NHL, let's just go for a number seven. Okay. Yeah. I'm just guessing. I mean, he's had six good years and one bad year. So yeah. why wouldn't we think that he can come back? And there's, you know, that almost every player in sports has one bad year. If you have a long career or one mediocre year, I mean, Alex Ovechkin had 32 goals one year and that, and that was when he was in his early twenties. So, I mean, uh, if that can happen, anybody can have a bad year, but I think you're right. Markstrom is a really good goalie. <laughs> Excuse me. If his mind is on straight and, and everything's good and he doesn't have any other problems, I don't see why. I mean, he sh shouldn't have a great year. Vancouver people know him with, as well as anybody. And he was great in Vancouver. Uh, guess what, Gabby? What? That sound <laughs> is the buzzer. 25 minutes, Joey Neuendike and uh, Orland Kurtenbach. Our time is up. Great stuff. All By right. the way, I was just pulling up Markstrom. And if you take away kind of this little ticky-tack thing that he did his first, it uh, looks like four or five seasons, where he had one NHL game, seven NHL games, then 23, then 12, then four, then three. I mean, it was yeah. off and on. He's been a regular since 2015-16. He played 32 games for the Canucks that year. So... It's, yeah, he's been around a little while. Uh, he's a 33-year-old guy. So, but it's Yeah, a, I mean, I don't think that's overly old for goaltending. No. I mean, so, I mean, I expect him to have a, a bounce-back year, and I expect it to be the Pacific Division every game to be a battle. And uh, it should be fun to watch if I can stay up for a lot of them. <laughs> so who wins the cup then, Leafs or Oilers? Oh, boy. Well... It hasn't been in Canada since 1993. Uh, so I got to believe that there's a good chance that it's not going to be in Canada for another year. How about if it was the final between those two? Then you'd have, you know, the streak ends there. Somebody's got to win it. Yeah, but I, I don't think Mr. <laughs> Bettman wants to see those ratings. <laughs> Gabby, thank you very much. We'll see you on the next uh, Simmer and Gabby, VancouverHockeyInsider.com and Spotify and everywhere else. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Great job as usual. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, Rob.